Thank you, ladies. We appreciate that so much. The Holy Spirit is welcomed in this place. We greet you in the name of our Lord and our Redeemer, Jesus the Christ, as we're commanded to do all things which are good. And we trust that the Lord's Spirit will be with us here today. In lieu of uh, my scripture reading that I had thought I would bring to you, I wish to bring this to you from a revelation from Apostle through, excuse me, through Apostle Joseph Luff many years ago in 1906 to be exact. We ask for your prayers for our brother Ray. We trust that the Lord's Spirit will be with him and all of these men here on the rostrum on this beautiful Sabbath day. Thus leave these words. Behold, the brick that is not burned and the mortar which is not tempered Yea, and the materials which I have not selected shall not find permanent place with that of my choosing. For my fire shall consume and my floods shall overwhelm, and men within and without my church shall yet learn that but one pattern hath been given by which ye shall build if I shall accept your labor, and but one line hath been given by which to measure. And whosoever shall not gauge himself thereby and crucify himself to the world shall yet be gauged thereby and shall lose his all. Let us consider these very apropos words for this day. May we continue in our service by the singing of hymn number 103.
O kind and great, marvelous, wonderful God, we have come here to this day to be in your home and to worship you. We love you and we need you, Heavenly Father. These times that we live in that are in foretold in your scriptures, call us to thee to receive that fine Father's blessing that you are capable of providing. This day, Heavenly Father, send your Spirit to be amongst us. Grant us that sight that comes from that illumination from above. And speak to us, Father, through thy servant Ray, whose preparation has already brought thy Holy Spirit in our midst, manifested in his words and in our lives, is my prayer, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you'll bow with me. Our Father, we... um, Thank you for this day, and ask that um, the money which is to be given here today, that it might be used in, uh, under thy guidance directions to those hands that will be receiving it, and I would ask that all those give, that they might give willingly, and that those that wish, or are unable to, but wish to be able to, that thou might also bless them as well. And I ask thee in thy most holy name, even Jesus Christ's name, amen. Scripture reading this morning comes from the book of, of um, Doctrine and Covenants, um, section 10, beginning with 3a. Now as you have asked, behold, I say unto you, keep my commandments. Seek to bring forth and establish the cause of Zion. Seek not for riches, but for wisdom, and behold, the mysteries of God shall be unfolded unto you, and then shall you be made rich. Behold, he that hath eternal life is rich.
Good morning. Thank you, ladies. Take time to be holy. The world rushes on. Isn't that true? Isn't our world is kind of spinning out of control? Take time to be holy. The world rushes on. The um, scripture for today is, is section 10 of Doctrine and Covenants. And as you uh, probably know that that uh, revelation was given to Hiram Smith. And it begins the same as, as section 6, section 11, and section 12. All begin with a great and marvelous work is about to come forth among the children of men. Behold, I am God, and give heed to my word, which is quick and powerful, sharper than a two-edged sword, to dividing asunder of both joints and marrow. Therefore, give heed to my word. Behold, the field is white, already to harvest. Therefore, whoso desireth to reap, let him thrust in his sickle with his might and reap while the day lasts, that he may treasure up for his soul everlasting salvation in the kingdom of God. Therefore, if you will ask of me, ye shall receive. If you will knock, it shall be opened unto you. In verse 6 of the same section. And now verily I say unto thee, Put thy trust in the Spirit, which leadeth to do good, yea, to walk justly, to walk humbly, to judge righteously, and this is my Spirit. You know, I don't know about you, but with me I'd like and seek to walk with the presence of the Spirit of God. It's, um, for me, it's been a long, a long road. Um, I was born November 17th of 1937. That was a while ago. If you calculate that all up, that's 84 years. And when I was a young boy, I um, grew up in a home. I'm second of seven children. And we didn't have a whole lot. I was born in a little, well, actually, I was born in an apple orchard. Uh, my folks were like uh, tenants that picked apples. And uh, and that's uh, where we were at when I was born. <clears throat> Those first... Several years um, didn't have much. You'd say we were less than poor. Um, I never went to the same school two years in a row until I was a junior in high school. Um, In my my last two years, I went to the same school. Not that I didn't go to the same school more than once, but we'd go one and back and back. I didn't like school um, <clears throat> because of the conditions we grew up in. Uh, didn't this, my clothing wasn't uh, suitable for most people. Uh, they were the ones that my brother had worn out and given to me. And uh, so naturally the kids in school uh, picked on me a lot. In fact, when I was in the fifth grade, uh, a couple of the older kids picked me up, stuck me head first in a barrel, and just having a good time. And uh, those are the kind of conditions that uh, uh, I wouldn't wish on anybody, not even my worst enemy. But in 1954, I was 16 years old. And I had a friend, uh, I had gone to Zion's, Zion's League meetings a couple of times, and he conned me into going to a youth camp. 
At the end of that youth camp, I was baptized. I was, I was raised with no religion. I mean, the words I heard about God um, weren't in the form of a religious sermon. Um, my dad was foul-mouthed. I learned foul-mouthed language. And, uh, but at that youth camp, I found a love that I had never experienced in my life. And I always say that I was loved into this church. Um, it was something that, that I uh, appreciated and, um, um, and has stuck with me all the years of my life. Um, I was uh, ordained a uh, deacon in November of 1955. That was a, a year after I was baptized. Um, four, four days before my 17th birthday. Uh, my service was in the Air National Guard and the Air Reserve. I graduated in high school in 1956 and not the most likely to succeed. In fact, if they had an award for the less likely to to succeed, I probably would have got that one. So, and I and I tell you this to let you know how the Lord. It isn't what you are, but it's what you can become. Because I certainly wasn't. If man was to pick uh, a person to be uh, his representative. Um, it wouldn't have been me. I don't know how many times that I, you know, back in those days when we would play sports, um, play baseball, whatever it was, um, they would pick out probably the two best players, and then they would pick up sides. I was always the last one picked because I was the only one left. And so those are some of the conditions I grew up with, and and um, and. So when I found the Lord, it was a total, total reversal of what I had experienced. The love that I experienced among those kids at that youth camp, uh, you cannot, uh, you can't, can't put a price on, can't put a value on, can't even describe it. Um, I, uh, my dad. My dad worked construction, and he would come home on the weekends and give me instructions about what he wanted done the next week, and it better be done when he got home the next weekend. And I uh, resented that for a lot of years, but then I recognized that later that the skills that I had Attained throughout all that time, I built. I had built a house by the time I finished the eighth grade, because he insisted that here's what you got to do, and it better be done. And the material that I had to work with, he he worked in a at the paper mill where they were building a new, a new uh, machine, and he got the old boards off of there. And he'd bring them things home, and I had to pull the nails out, and I had to straighten the nails so I could use them again. And so I, I, I learned a lot of skills from my dad, and so I appreciate that. My real dad was Noni's dad. Uh, he showed me how to be a man. Uh, he showed me how to love, uh, and he loved me. Uh, so I, I was so thankful to uh, I was been I was in fact he died of cancer and probably that his last three months of his life Noni and I lived with him and I took care of him helped my mother-in-law take care of him grew grew even closer to him uh, but I want to get around to when. Um, in uh, 
anyway, I, I was, um, uh, we were married in 1956. I was called to a priest uh, August 8, 1957. Um, I received my patriarchal blessing um, in 1957, 14 days before my 20th birthday. Uh, and some of that uh, sticks to me constantly as a constant reminder of what the Lord, where I was and what the Lord had planned for me in the future. Um, we had, uh, I was uh, uh, called to an elder in 1964, October. Um, and then in September of 1969, I was pastor at the Camas Washington branch. Um, I, we gathered to Independence in July of 1973. And of course, uh, I have three children, uh, two girls and a boy. The boy is the oldest. And, um, boy, we were excited. We had come to Zion, and there was no doubt in my mind that within a short period of time, the city of Zion would be a glorious city upon a hill for all to see. I can remember when we were driving around sightseeing from place to place, we would sing restoration songs. We would, you know, we'd sing the, um, uh, the church is one foundation, Jesus Christ our Lord. We would sing, uh, oh, my people saith the spirit. We would sing, uh, redeemer of Israel. Uh, my, we, we had grown up singing, our family sang. Um, the reason, one of the reasons that we came to Zion was we had a, a back in those days we had witnessing weekends. And, uh, uh, the, the, uh, the visiting coordinator for the witnessing weekend challenged us, uh, are you where the Lord wants you to be? Is this what He wants you to do? So my family began to pray about that. And I had the experience, I shared it with you before. It has sustained me for many, many years. I was getting ready to go to church one morning, and I was putting on my tie, and the Lord spoke to me. He said, I have called you to Zion. Even as I have called you to my holy priesthood, I have called you to Zion. I have chosen you. You haven't chosen me. You know, and through these turbulent times through the last few years, when, whenever you want, whenever I want or I felt like, I've had enough. And uh, any of you who have been a pastor, there's times when you want to say, I've had enough and I don't need this. And, uh, um, and that, that experience and the loss of my companion, uh, you just want to quit. Uh, you just had enough. But I can't deny the experience that I had with the Lord and hear that voice. I, I can remember going out and I was, Noni was out in the kitchen and I was getting dressed. It was a communion Sunday and I was in charge of the service. And uh, I couldn't tell her what happened. And tears was running down my face. I couldn't speak. And that's the kind of a experience you don't forget. And uh, I've, I've asked myself from time to time, uh, was I hallucinating? Uh, you know, did the Lord really speak to me? And uh, I'm, I'm guessing there has been several other people that have asked the question, did the Lord really speak to him? But I'm telling you, it's something that I'll never forget. You know, when Joseph was a young man and he went to the grove to pray, and he had read in James 1.5, If any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God. Uh, and uh, the experience that he had when he was in the grove, and he asked the Lord what church to join, and the Lord told him not to join any of them, that they... they Talked to him with their lips, but their hearts were far from them. And as I think about the condition that we are in today, I uh, 
I wonder if we haven't fallen into the same trap. That, uh, boy, when, when, we, when we came, my family was on fire. And I had, there was people in the congregation thinking, yeah, he'll cool off. You know, he'll cool off. And I had a couple, I had a, uh, Ron Manuel who was a, worked, was a bishop. And he counseled with me, thank God for, for, for him. For, for, you know, he counseled with me and, and, uh, um, and encouraged me. And, uh, we made, we had, we were on fire when we came. Every one of us, all five of us, we, we, we're here to build the kingdom of God, of God. We were here to establish Zion. And here we, here we are, uh, 47 years, 48 years later. And, and yeah, I've, I've cooled off some. You don't hear me shouting and, and carrying on. We did a lot of work with the youth and we hopefully we had, we had prepared them for, uh, for the building of Zion and, uh, uh, but here we are, still struggling. And uh, I listened to uh, Carl Anderson's uh, message that he delivered at, at reunion this last week, and he said that uh, there would be a flood of evil come upon us, but then following it there would be a wave of righteousness. So, are you ready for a wave of righteousness? Because certainly there's a flood of evil uh, going through. Uh, the, our country right now. And uh, we need that wave of righteousness. But where is that wave of righteousness going to come from? And it's going to have to start with us. Are we, are, we, are we just going through the motions day by day? We're trying to, uh, uh, trying to make ends meet. <clears throat> Generally, when I when I have this opportunity to speak, there's some song that comes to my mind that I that I that I uh, inspires me. And this time it was it's suddenly upon the street. Now we sing that. Do we hear the words and do they penetrate into our hearts? If suddenly upon the street my gracious Savior I should meet, and he should say, as I love thee, what love hast thou to offer me? Then what could this poor heart of mine dare offer that heart divine? His eye would see my outward show. His thoughts my inward thought would know. And if I said, I love thee, Lord, he wouldn't heed my spoken word unless my daily life should tell that verily I loved him well. So we're not going to, the Lord knows. He knows our heart. He knows our intent. He knows what our desires are. And... He loves every one of us. He 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 is uh, um, he is aware. And now this this also comes from section ten, verse six. And now verily, verily, I say unto thee, put thy trust in the Spirit, which leadeth to do good, yea, to walk justly to walk humbly, to judge righteously, and this is my spirit. So we need to seek out the spirit of the Lord. And we are told that the, the spirit of the Lord won't be in unclean places, that we need to be, uh, we need to keep our lives clean, we need to keep our homes clean, we need to, we need to abound in the spirit, and we need to keep the commandments. In John 14:21, He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. How does God know we love him if we keep his commandments? 
And he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him, and I will manifest myself unto him. In the book of Alma, the 16th chapter, the 219th verse, Yea, humble yourselves, and continue in prayer unto him. Cry unto him when you are in your fields, yea, over your flocks. Cry unto him in your houses, yea, over all your household, both morning, midday, and evening. Yea, cry unto him against the powers of your enemies. Yea, cry unto him against the devil, who is the enemy to all righteousness. But this is not all. You must pour out your souls in your closet and in your secret places and in your wilderness. Yea, and when you do not cry unto the Lord, let your hearts be full, drawn out in prayer unto him continually for your welfare and also for the welfare of those who are around you. Do we pray continually? Are we on our knees? Do we go to our closets? Are we serious about this? Do we just come to church on Sunday and, and sometimes maybe come uh, listen to prayers on on Wednesday night? Um, we need to pray unto Him continually if we're going to ever establish this holy city of Zion. Second Nephi one thirty six and through thirty eight. Arise from the dust, my sons, and be men, and be determined in one mind and in one heart, united in all things, that you may not come down unto captivity, that you may not be cursed with a sore cursing, and also that you may not incur the displeasure of a just God upon you, unto the destruction, yea, even the eternal destruction of both soul and body. Awake, my sons, put on the armor of righteousness. We are called to be a righteous people. And, and I, every time I preach, I, I, I say the same thing. I'm preaching to here. Uh, the, the, and I'm assuming that some of you may be struggling with the same battles that I am. But we are all called. Behold, he sent us an invitation unto all men, for the arms of mercy are extended toward them. And he saith, Repent, and I will receive you. This comes from Alma, uh, the third chapter, 57 verse. O you workers of iniquity, ye that are puffed up in the vain things of the world. Are we puffed up in the vain things of the world? I guess sometimes we are. Ye that have professed to have known the ways of righteousness, nevertheless have gone astray. I mean, from time to time we do that. We know righteousness, but then we wander wander away. Um, nevertheless, have gone astray, as sheep having no shepherd, notwithstanding a shepherd has called after you and are still calling after you, but ye will not hearken unto his voice. Behold, I say unto you that the good shepherd doth call you, yea, and in his own name he doth call you, which is the name of Christ. So we say, who was called? Behold, I speak, this is from Doctrine and Covenants 11, 4 and 5. Behold, I speak unto you and also to all those who have desires to bring forth and establish this work. Do you have a desire to establish this work? Do you have a desire to be a part of Zion? Do you have a, do you have a hope and a desire to uh, uh, live in the city of Zion? Uh, I think we all do. But it's not going to just happen. We, each one of us, is going to have to do something. 
and probably something different than what we're doing right now. We need to dedicate our hearts to this cause for if we're going to see the wave of righteousness come upon this city. And don't we all desire to have that wave of righteousness when we see the confusion going on in the world and all around us and the changing of our our vocabulary. And we don't know what is, if we can't tell what a man from a woman is, um, unless you're a biologist. Uh, this world has gone nuts, putting it mildly. And so we need to be aware. And how are we called? We listen to the voice of the Lord your God, even Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, whose course is one eternal round, the same today as he was yesterday and forever. I... Unfortunately, from my own son, I've heard that these scriptures, where they go? Anyway, um, they're just a guide. You can't take them word for word. When the Lord said He created men and women, that's just a guide. This is not really serious. That's my own son. And he grew up in a house. He came to Zion. He was excited. He told, he told, he told, I think his fourth grade teacher that we were moving to Zion. And we never moved here until, until he was a junior in high school. But he had, he was excited about the idea that someday we were going to go, we were moving to Zion. And uh, somewhere through his higher education, he learned that there were some alternatives uh, to, the, to, the, to the belief that we had. Um, we have to condition ourselves. I mean, this doesn't happen. It has to be something that's, that's, on, our, that's on our mind continually. It doesn't go away. Uh, yeah, we can accomplish other things, but we need to listen for the Spirit of the Lord. And the condition to condition ourselves so that we can hear. Unless you are preparing yourself, unless you're, unless we have our, our, our desires and the direction of our life pointing toward the kingdom of God and to, and to glorify our God, we need to constantly think about Him and the, what He has and desires for us. In, in Doctrine and Covenants 85, 18a and b, and if your eye be single to my glory, your whole body shall be filled with light. Did you get that promise? If your eye be single to my glory, your whole body shall be filled with light, and there shall be no darkness in you, and that body which is filled with light comprehendeth all things. Wouldn't that be neat? You know, there's some things we just can't comprehend. But if we have the light of Christ in our life, our body, we will be filled, and we'll have we'll be able to comprehend all things. Therefore, sanctify yourselves that your minds become single to God, and the days will come that you shall see Him, for He will unveil His face unto you, and it shall be in your own time. In his own time, not yours. In his own time and in his own way and according to his own will. You know, sometimes God doesn't just move as quick as we'd like. Or at least we haven't got the message yet. We need to prepare ourselves. In uh, Doctrine and Covenants 1, 3a through c. Wherefore, the voice of the Lord is unto the ends of the earth, that all that will hear may hear. Prepare ye, prepare you for that which is to come, for the Lord is nigh, and the anger of the Lord is kindled, and his sword is bathed in heaven, and it shall be upon the inhabitants of the earth, and the arm of the Lord shall be revealed. And the day cometh that they who will not hear the voice of the Lord, 
neither the voice of his servants, neither give heed to the words of the prophets and apostles, shall be cut off from among his people. So I don't know when that's going to happen or how long it's going to take, but eventually, if we don't adhere to the words, we'll be cut of the Lord and the Spirit of the Lord will be cut off. So who is it? Behold, I speak to you. And also to all those who have desires to bring forth and establish this work. And no one can assist in this work except he shall be humble and full of love, having faith, hope, and charity, being temperate in all things whatsoever shall be entrusted to his care. This gospel has been trusted to our care. Behold, I am the light and the life of the world that speaketh these words. Therefore, give heed with your might, and then you are called. You know, you, you don't hear the voice of the Lord unless you're listening. He might. He might just have had enough and hears what. But you need to be listening for the voice of the Lord. You need to call upon Ask the Lord to speak to you. Ask the Lord for direction and guidance in your life. In section 34, 1a and b. Listen to the voice of the Lord your God, even Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, whose course is one eternal round, the same today, yesterday, and forever. God doesn't change. His, his commandments don't change. The laws don't change. God is the same today, yesterday, and forever. I am Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who was crucified for the sins of the world. Even as many as will believe on my name, that they may become the sons of God, even one in me, and I am in the Father. And as the Father is one in me, that we may be one. So how are you going to know? Well, you're going to know if your eye is single to my glory. Your whole body shall be filled with light. If your eye is seen to his glory, your whole body will be filled with light. And there shall be no darkness in you. And that body which is filled with light comprehendeth all things. Therefore sanctify yourselves that your minds became single, become single to God. And the days will come that you shall see him. For he will unveil his face unto you. Whoa! He will unveil his faith, face unto you. And it shall be in his own time and his own way and according to his own will. Too bad. He has charge. And he will tell you when it's time in his own way, in his own will. So how are you going to react when the Lord talks to you, when the Lord comes to you? What's going to be your feeling? What are you going to do? In Doctrine and Covenants 26, 3, uh, D through G, Wherefore, lift up your hearts and rejoice. It's time for rejoicing. Lift up your hearts and rejoice. And gird up your loins and take upon you my whole armor, that ye may be able to withstand the evil day, having done all ye may, all ye may be able to stand. Stand therefore, having your loins gird about with truth, having on the breastplate of breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, which I have sent mine angels to commit unto you, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of my spirit, which I will pour out upon you, and my sword, which I shall reveal unto you, and be agreed as touching all things whatsoever ye shall ask me. 
and be faithful until I come unto you, and ye shall be caught up, that where I am, you shall be also. Wouldn't that be, wouldn't that be great? Where he is, we will be able to be there also. What a, what a promise. You know, I doubt if there's one person in this room who doesn't have a desire to be a part of Zion. You know, we, we've, uh, we've had so many experiences, uh, in the last few years of those who we love dearly who are no longer with us. And we see the, we see the world changing. Um, so I had this little, uh, actually I got this back about seven years ago, but I was thumbing through some of the old emails that I have and this propped up. And a, a good friend of mine who was, uh, actually went to high school with him. He was an excellent ba- basketball player, great basketball player. And it's, uh, it's, uh, set up on, uh, as a golf course. And Denny, you can appreciate this. Um, and most, most golf courses, if there are those of you who are not aware, and I think most of you are aware, are set up on 18 holes. You know, the front hole, front nine and the back nine. And the, 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 this poem the, is called The Back Nine. And so there's a lot of us that are on the back nine. So it says, you know, time has a way of moving quickly and catching you unaware of the passing years. It seems like yesterday I was young, just married and embarking on my life with my mate. Yet, in a way, it seems like eons ago. And I wonder where all the years have went. I know that I've lived them all. I have glimpses of how it was back then and all my hopes and dreams. But here it is, the back nine of my life. And it catches me, catches me by surprise. How did I get here so fast? Where did the years go and where did my youth go? And so I think there's a lot of us in this room that can appreciate that. But here it is. My friends are retired and getting gray. They move slower, and I see older person, see an older person now. Some are in better shape, and some of them are worse shape than me. But I see the great change. Not like the ones that I remember when they were young and vibrant, but like me, their age is beginning to show, and we are not the older, fo- and we are now the older folks that we used to see, and never thought we'd become. Each day now, I find that just getting a shower is a real target for the day. I t- and taking a nap is not a treat anymore; it's mandatory. Because if I don't on my own, if I don't on my own free will, I'll just fall asleep where I sit. And so now that I enter this new season of my life, unprepared for all the aches, pains, and the loss of strength and ability to go to do things that I wish I had done but never did. But at least I know that though I'm on the back nine and I'm not sure how long it will last, This I know, that when it's over on this earth, it's over. And any of us who've lost a loved one knows when it's over, it's over. And a new adventure will begin. Yes, I have regrets. There are things I wish I hadn't done, things I should have done. But indeed, there are many things that I'm happy that I've done. It's all in a lifetime. So if you're not on the back nine yet, let me remind you that it will be here faster than you think. So whatever you would like to accomplish in your life, please do it quickly. Don't put things off too long. Life goes by quickly. So do what you can today, as you can never be sure whether you'll be on the back nine or not. You have no promise that you will see all the seasons of your life. 
So live for today and say all the things you want your loved ones to remember and hope that they appreciate and love you for all the things you have done for them in the years past. Life is a gift. Think of that. Life is a gift. The way you live your life is a gift to those who come after you. The way you live your life is a gift to those who come after you. Live it well. Enjoy today. Do something fun. Be happy. Have a great day. Remember, it's God, Jesus Christ, your family, and your health that are real wealth, not pieces of gold and silver. So you learn to appreciate the gifts that God has given you and that riches are not a gold and silver. May God bless you and continue to be with you. I pray that that you will uh, recognize the love of the, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, He loves every one of you. There's not one of you. You know, we read in the scriptures that God is not a respecter of persons. So even if you you don't feel like anybody cares or anybody loves you, remember, he does. And he's the important one. And if you're trying to please someone, please God. Thank you for allowing me to share with you this morning. I pray that something that has uh, been said will help you to uh, your journey to the kingdom of God. Almighty God, 
our kind and loving Heavenly Father. We come before You now, Father, with great joy and rejoicing and thankful for the wondrous morning that You have just ushered us through. For we recognize, Father, that throughout this day You have focused our minds and our hearts upon Your pure and redeeming love. And we pray now, Father, that You would fill our hearts to overflowing with that glorious love that You've prepared for us, that You hold for us. And I ask, Father, that You would roll us all together as a great stone and drop us into the water that a mighty and powerful wave of Your righteous love would spread forth to overcome that flood of evil Father, we pray that like a shepherd, You would lead us by the power of Your sweet and tender voice. Teach us, Father. Teach us to focus the love that You've placed in our hearts. That that love would become our daily walk. We might lie it at your feet. A testimony. A testimony of your power. We pray, Father, that your kingdom might come. That Your will would be done here upon this earth. We pray that we might be a part of that kingdom. And we pray it and ask it in the blessed name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.